Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a little uh, reminder, if you're enjoying us, you can recommend us to human beings in your life, in your orbit, in your circle. And you can also follow us on the social media. You can find us at Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram and FWM Podcast on Twitter. Here we are, bright and early. Here we are. Good morning. Good morning, <laughs> sunshine. We normally record at night, but it's the morning. <laughs> oh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, feeling great. Feeling... Ready for this hump day. Ready for the hump day. Feeling youthful, shall we say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> youthful vigor. <laughs> Not for long, though. We're in our 30s. Oh, I know. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Oh, you know, usually we do dig into other news items, but frankly, like, it's so like, a pile of trash. We'll get back to the trash next. I mean, this is all. there's also trash here. It's just like a different style of trash, a different yeah. bin. Um. But we'll get back to it next week and probably every week for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for now, we're just going to have some fun talking about sexist double standards and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Light. <laughs> just light light stuff like that. But no, so I, I, I wanted to sort of kick things off just by asking, like, because this was your, this was a suggestion and what that and I think you said something like you'd been thinking about it for a while or something you wanted to explore. And what was what were what kind of brought that on the like sort of interest in this aging gracefully? Hmm. <laughs> it's something I feel I probably said when I was in my twenties as an aspirational thing. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Meryl Streep is always the example. Um, someone who I mean she's she says she hasn't had any work done so I'll take I'll take her word for it um but someone who then naturally aged in a way where she remained like pretty conventionally attractive um with no signs of having work done and this idea that rather than fighting aging you'll just gracefully accept it um (laughs) however (laughs) (laughs) As I've aged, <laughs> especially after I had my bebay, I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my gosh, there's some uh, some new little rinkies that have, that have popped up that I did not know about before. Um, and I didn't like it. I didn't like mm-hmm. I didn't like it. And I can look at, um, it's like body image where I can look at other women and truly think that they're beautiful. But if I have like a similar feature... I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I hate that because I'm like, what kind of empowered woman am I if I'm like, no, no wrinkles. <laughs> um, and I was looking, like literally looking into like, what do fillers do? What does that mean? What does that entail? What about Botox? And it's like, I wouldn't do the fillers where like you change your lips even though I think full lips are beautiful it's just like at a certain point whose face is it yeah um (laughs) which you get I'm not truly not judging others it's just judging myself here Mm -hmm. um but I definitely have looked into getting fillers um for my nasolabial folds which are not vaginal sounds It sounds like a vag thing. Um, don't need any work done there. Ooh. But no, they're like the little, the side of your, like basically the bottoms of your cheeks. I'm showing Maria, uh, but no one else yes. can see me. Right. Um, I can, it's like almost like a, the smile line that stems from your nostrils almost down yes. past your, you know. Yeah. And I hate yeah. it. And I guess it's because of gravity and collagen and things just kind of moving down and creating these. And I guess I've laughed and smiled. <laughs> stupid bitch how dare um, you <laughs> yeah so it's like I was looking into it and then I was like oh you can get Botox that will just like make your like eyebrows look more lifted and things like that Ooh, that sounds appealing also expensive as fuck um <sighs> just to get the like the nasal labes injected <laughs> as close to a grand um wow. one time like I'm assuming do you have to do it multiple times 
Yeah, it, so the hyaluronic acid fillers, which hyaluronic acid you might find in the serum, it's naturally occurring in your body. It adds, like, it like plumps up shit, basically, mm. so it fills in lines, and it's completely dissolvable. So if you don't like it, they can remove it, but it can last like a year, which is longer than I had thought. Botox mm. is only like three months. Well, um, I don't think I knew that. So yeah. You- when you sign up for a vote for when you do Botox for most things, then you have to do you have to go in regularly for injections? Yeah. And it's I think there are different types that last different amounts of time. Mm. But like for the the eyebrow raisy one that I was looking at, it's like five hundred bucks oh, last wow. two to three months. Which wow. is like extreme. Whew. I know. Um so the question I had was what is aging gracefully? Why we want to do it what are the 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 standards that women are up against even in 2022 as we're so empowered lol roe v wade <laughs> what what is what's the what's the deal and what do men have to, to deal with here what is what's the standard for them mm-hmm. and these are these are my questions maria these yeah. are my questions and is it okay to care is it okay to get this shit done does it make you a bad feminist or is it like some women are empowered by modesty some women are empowered by showing their skin and either way is fine and if we get too deep into the reasons behind you keep peeling the onion eventually there's no onion left like <laughs> we're all influenced by society and our upbringings and our surroundings and our perceptions and our cultures and all that shit so like what 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 does it matter does it matter? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. There's so much here. And it's it's something that I think I've evolved on because I'm a little embarrassed thinking back on how judgmental I was in my 20s about people getting different work done. I'm still ultimately feeling like it's probably something that I won't do for myself just because of like the the whole process of like putting something like injecting something and it's temporary or there's an element of it that's temporary. And like, I am just for myself still kind of not thinking, thinking like, but who knows? I feel like I, I'm sure I might evolve, especially if something particular starts bugging me and I can't get it out of my mind. Like I'm sure I'll start doing some research and thinking like, Oh, actually, if this is going to make me feel better and more confident then it's worth doing. Mm -hmm. But the part that sort of I feel bad about or feel bad that I was so judgmental was just like not really taking into account that there is all this external pressure for so for your entire life. There's external pressure depending on what age you are. You know, younger women have other things to worry about and other things that society is putting on them regarding beauty standards and life choices. And it does all come back to something that I think you either like, it's like you either have the personal choice or you don't, you know? And I, I think women should always have the choice to do what they, I mean, your body, your choice. Like if this is something that you want to do and it makes you feel better, more confident moving through the world, you should do it. And we should strive not to be judgmental of those choices. And the part that really, I bump into like just cognitive dissonance is like, you should feel able to do it. And how do we change the conversation so that there isn't such, such judgment surrounding that choice? Like, and I don't think, I don't know. It's, it's sort of like, that seems like something monumental that um, is like, you know, generational work to be done. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like the, I mean, fillers have been around for a minute, but I feel like they've gained, I know, I don't feel like they've gained, popularity in the last five years injectables which is fillers and botox have increased over 40 percent um because back in the day it's like you had to go under the knife you know you had to have major surgery you wanted to do these things and that was i mean granted it was more permanent but even like things like facelifts they're not going to last for the rest of your life Mm. um but the the decision to have a major surgery and all the risks that entails is very different than going in and getting, I mean, I don't like the idea of getting needles in my face, but I like it better than, you know, like I wouldn't be at this point in my life, I would not be considering plastic surgery, mm. but I've done some fucking Googling on colors yeah. <laughs> and Botox and like looked up places in the area and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think also with 
I think with social media and an Instagram or for the, the kids, the ticker talkers, yeah. uh, there are so like lip fillers in particular are so, so common, mm-hmm. um, especially in actors and models and things. And the more you are exposed to, uh, to this and to seeing people in their thirties and their forties and their fifties who look significantly younger because mm-hmm. there's the people who have like the quote unquote obvious work done where they start to kind of look like a cat for life. Like, yeah. There's just, they start to get like a certain look. Yeah. But then there's the people who have the more subtle work done where you're just like, wow, yeah, they look great. They look so refreshed, <laughs> yeah. you know? And it was interesting because I was looking at what different actresses were saying about fillers and Botox and things. And there were ones who were speaking out against it. And most of them, we're speaking out against it saying, oh, it look it doesn't look good mm-hmm. rather than saying like, oh, I, you know, I don't think women should feel this pressure, blah, 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 blah. There are yeah. a few but the thing is those same women, like, do you get facials? Do mm-hmm. you wear makeup? Do you, you know, like mm-hmm. what, what is this line that we're drawing? Cause there are facials that like burn your fucking skin. They're like acid facials, you know? Yeah. Or the ones that like, also they like take your skin and then, or take your blood, like, and they yeah. like, those vampire facials or whatever it's like oh yeah that's the whole thing there's ones where they like like, takes parts of your skin off like it's they're not like just like oh I put a little milk and honey on my on my face like there's (laughs) some of them are pretty intense too you know um and some of you know some of the fillers and stuff don't change the shape or your features they just fill in wrinkles and things like that so it's it's interesting to see um or it was interesting for me to see how the people who were speaking out against it were mostly being like oh it, it just doesn't look good mm-hmm. and it's like is that <laughs> is that I mean like that's an interesting kind of like other side of vanity yes that's a really that's such a good point and probably if I interrogate why I don't like it for myself yes there's the I would say still the primary reason is like oh conceptually kind of like taking too many medicines when I don't you know like I I wait to take Advil which always annoys my fiance it's like do I need it it's like well it's there for feeling discomfort so you could take it um but kind of taking that to like more of an extreme that's definitely the primary but I think there is like if I interrogate the reasons why I wouldn't want fillers or it it actually does have to do with my perception that it doesn't actually on many people look like quote unquote good or like it would, would it make me look prettier? And if, if there's like a chance that it wouldn't, and it's doing this thing that I already like have a little bit of a minor just hesitation with, then it's like, Oh my God. And it's expensive. Like that, I I can kind of justify like, oh, these are the reasons why I wouldn't do it when really there's, I think, the darker but very like potent reason, which is I actually would just worry that I wouldn't, it would be noticeable, God forbid. Yeah. Or like, oh, what if it doesn't look the way I wanted it to look and I look shitty or in my perception, I look shitty. Like, I don't want to pay a thousand dollars for my face to look jacked. And then there's also the people who like... I feel like some people get kind of addicted to it and so maybe it looks good at first and then they're like more 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 and then you know it starts to look like you know they start to look like that person who's had the same things done as that other person and their faces start to look the same in a way that doesn't look natural. Um, Who was that like I think one scarring memory was that woman who was on um was it the hills or like um was her name Heidi? Hi- Heidi. Um, Heidi Montag. Yes, Heidi Montag. Okay, I meant to look her up actually before before starting um, this episode because she there was an episode of whatever show she had with her husband where she got like 20 things done at once or something and was like miserable and her face looked awful and it looked – it was just – and I think I saw that probably when I was maybe – in my teens, this was like probably watching this reality TV show at someone else's house. Like, and it kind of just stuck with me. Like, wow, I don't, this person was already like really conventionally attractive and I don't understand these unforced errors or at least what I perceive to be. Why would you put your body through this, your face through this, like when you're young and you're conventionally attractive and anyway, it's stuck with me. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing is it is, 
however you slice it, it is sad that people feel that they need to get these things done to remain or become attractive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, arguably, I can't see an argument against it. Like age is, or not age, but beauty is one of the most valuable social assets that women have still in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and study after study shows that as women age, they're perceived as less physically attractive. Um, And women who are less physically attractive to a point are seen as less competent. So then you're looking at your work options and Mm -hmm. your hireability and your ability to move up in the workplace because there's this quote unquote sweet spot for women where they're like attractive enough, but not too attractive and old enough, but not too old (laughs) where they're, they're kind of accepted as competent human beings um, and with men, I mean, fillers and stuff have increased for men too, but not nearly the same rate. And with men, when you think about their social assets and of being powerful and, and earning potential and things like they're just, they're perceived as more attractive as they age up into a certain point. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's super duper unfair that women are both told that they have to age gracefully and also told that they're gonna be less attractive less competent less all of these things as they age and you know Meryl most people don't age like Meryl Streep and it's easy to sit there as Meryl Streep and be like I didn't get you know I don't feel the need yeah (laughs) bitch like you're not like gravity hasn't done the same thing to you (laughs) but it does to 99% of people and also you're Meryl Streep right like you're the world has accepted you as beautiful and competent Right. Like you don't, you're, you're, you're done, which is not to, you know, diminish any hardships Meryl has faced. We love her. Yeah. Um, but it's just, she's sort of held as this like standard of aging gracefully. Yeah. I mean, my God, (laughs) we can't all be Meryl Streep. Right. Right. It would be equally as hard to, yeah, (laughs) we can't all be Meryl Streep or Helen Mirren. Although Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, I, who knows? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) it's sad to me what's particularly depressing about confronting this issue of aging gracefully or and what that means and what that expectation entails is like really just thinking about how how beauty standards and class like economic access to the resources really like dogs a person from birth till death as soon as you start being worried about as a teenager or as a tween, your body image, like congratulations, that shit stays with you for your whole life. Um, You'll be like the, the, and I don't have like, I don't have a specific study to point to for this, like this observation, but it just feels like that is something that is uniquely something that women have to deal with. Like uh, a, a like birth to death kind of trajectory of body image issues and consideration of a panoply of ways to make themselves look different, prettier, thinner. Many of these things are like lifetime commitments in terms of like, okay, if I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start doing this thing, you have to like the maintenance of that thing is expensive and like must be maintained um on a regular basis and and anyway um i know that men do deal with their own things from teenage tween years all the way through their lives but their but age is an asset to them in many ways and just as it's there are many ways for a man to be attractive there's not there actually is not really one conventional, uh, conventionally attractive man. I mean, we can even, I don't know why my mind goes directly here, but like we think about like the um, Ryan Gosling as Ken, the Ken Barbie doll, and almost how like ridiculous that's meant to be. Like that standard of beauty is like a joke um, almost. And it's not what women, many women even find attractive. In fact, we've spoken about this 
many women feel more attractive just knowing that the person that they are with thinks they're attractive. Mm -hmm. So it's less about how attractive their partner actually is. It's about how enamored or attracted or turned on the person that they're with is. Um, And that can take a number of different routes when you're actually, when you're thinking about what you're sexually attracted to and what, and, and, like what you see is beautiful. It really feels like for men, they get the benefit of like beauty really being in the eye of the beholder and like humor being a real thing. Like comedians are always able to, they can be looking however they want. It doesn't just apply to comedians and musicians. I think it really is something that's extended to like most men, a lot of men, this like forgiving sense of like, you can be kind of within give or take a little bit of space, but you can be who you are. You can choose to look how you want, wear what you want. You, the maintenance required for the average man to like go out into the world, you know, if you're measuring it on a daily basis is minimal. They still deal with body image stuff, but like in terms of sort of speaking of, I think at this point, like cis straight men thinking that they they're not going to go get a facial they're not going to and they're not going to be called upon for any reason getting manicures pedicures the hair their haircuts are cheaper their haircuts are you know even the fanciest male haircuts are just not really doing this is kind of a rambling thing but they are not set up with the same trajectory of burden when it comes to aging and women it's internalized like it The idea of aging isn't something that I actively have thought about a lot. I know, and I know some of my friends have, like, I know that, I know that some of my friends have already gotten work that they, for their, on their face specifically, um, preemptively. And I know it's something that, that actually is actively that they're thinking about. It's not that I'm not thinking about my body. I am. It's just like, I feel like I have more immediate, like, things that I want to fix that are, about more of like the the here and now and less about preemptory other work. I'm kind of, you know, it's just my own, like my own, we're all in our own little circle of hell when it comes to like what's bothering us. And even you saying that you need to fix, you know, like the language we use with ourselves. Yeah. It's like, we're not broken, but I think the same way about myself. And I completely agree that yes, men face, standards and there are you know there's a quote-unquote conventionally attractive man but there's a lot of of leeway that they get and it's not as tied to their worth like beauty is tied perceived beauty is tied to the worth of women in a way that attractiveness is not tied to the worth of a man and even within that like beauty is tied to youth and to body type for women whereas men there's still aspects of that, but they, you know, have you heard the phrase aging like a fine wine applied to literally only men? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they get more handsome and sexy as they age in a lot of people's eyes and they can have dad bod celebrated and, you know, women, it's like, how fast did she get her body back? Like, where'd it go? Right. Where did it go? It didn't go anywhere. So it's just like there's so much more room for men to exist and be accepted as valuable human beings than there there is for women. And I feel like aging is one way to to look at that. You know, it's like as women age, they're seen as less less everything good, you know, like whereas men up until a certain point, it's just like, ooh, salt and pepper, sexy, wrinkled dad. Ooh. <laughs> up until a very late point in their life it's almost yeah. like they get to be sexy salt and pepper until they are about to be checked into like a a home <laughs> like, and even then don't men usually have their like their pick when they're at the when they're in homes I've heard like so much anecdotal evidence well it's partially because women outlive men as a whole so usually ah. those places the ratios okay like, Dayton in New York again. <laughs> oh, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Outnumbered. Um, and it's, there were some, some studies I found too that like back up some of what we're saying where they had women who wanted to undergo um, Botox and fillers. And they had two different, different types of Botox and fillers done. 
Um, and there are pictures of them taken before all the treatments, after all the treatments, and then with a couple of them. And then they had different groups of people rating the attractiveness um, of one of the pictures of the women so that they could get, you know, information mm. as to how they were perceived. And across the board, the more work that these people had done, of course, by legit professionals, um, mm. you go to, if you're going to get to this done, you go to someone who's certified and has experience. But across the board, the women who had more work done were rated as, as younger, as more attractive, as more in shape. Mm. Um, and as more competent and then there was another study who looked at how women who were seeking plastic surgery were perceived and the women seeking plastic surgery were perceived less favorably along the variables of warmth competence morality and humanness wow and this this happened more so when the woman was considered conventionally attractive when she was seeking it So they showed a picture of a woman who was deemed conventionally attractive, and then they were told she was seeking plastic surgery. She was seen as less warm, less competent, less moral, less human. And yeah, but interestingly, perceptions of women who are less conventionally attractive seeking these surgeries, they weren't judged as harshly. It's almost like they're like, all right. Wow. Like less human, less competent, less moral. Like what the fuck? But then the other study shows that when they get work done, they're seen as better. So it's like, oh, what do we expect? Oh my god, I like, hate that. It's hate awful. That. We're perceived better when we look younger, but worse if we try to make ourselves look younger. I. That enrages me too because, and maybe this is just the forefront of my mind, but women are expected generally to have babies at some point in your life, like mm-hmm. at a very, actually not at some point, at a specific point, the biological clock allows. If you're able to have kids, you're kind of expected soft pressure to have kids. Having a child ages the body, like just because it's taxing and burdensome on the body. Like horrible. I mean, ha- the baby's wonderful, but the process is fucking shit. The process sounds <laughs> awful and not to be taken lightly and should be a choice and should only be because you want to and have the resources and all those things and recently I've seen too many I would say think pieces opining on the sadness of having of less babies being born basically like to Mm -hmm. women and what lives are not being lived because women have the choice to abort for whatever reason and I really prickle at that because it feels like another way you're exerting a soft pressure and a soft guilt on women, like regardless of what your choice is. It's like, yeah, but you're contributing to like lives not lived. So you're telling us like exactly what we need to do and we have to, we don't have a choice basically. Like we we have to have kids, we have to put the burden on our body and then throw ourselves into this like trajectory where we're worried and you know there's just more stress on the body faster and then there's guilt around like talk about human attaching ethics and humanity to a specific to specific decisions women should be allowed to make without those things attached you're said we're suddenly there's like even more abstractions attached to women's choice i have been struggling to put that into words because i was chatting with it after watching the documentary the janes about women young women who were giving abortions in Chicago right before Roe was enacted in the 70s anyway. But it was just a whole line of thought that was, that has I've been seeing crop up more and more. And it feels insidious and it feels like there's a lot of people who in good faith might might kind of like think that that's a valid perspective and like because of population growth and all these things in any way. I just feel like especially because we're talking about attaching morality to and and humanity to women or lack thereof the idea that maybe you would be judged as um, devoid of humanity because you personally are deciding I don't want to put my body through this thing for whatever reason whether it's vanity or just not wanting a child like anyway it's a slight tangent but mm, yeah no it's it is relevant I wouldn't (laughs) call it a tangent it's just the yeah the expectation for women to be like 
statistically like statistical anomalies you know Mm -hmm. to do all of these things somehow and do them in the way society says you need to do them do them quote-unquote correctly Mm-hmm. And while while you're doing it, somehow have control over something you don't really have control over, which is like how you age and how your body changes when these things happen. Mm-hmm. What? And then if you try to, you know, take in some sort of intervention to appease society on one of these issues, that's bad, too. This just mm-hmm. needs to happen. Just happen. Just let it happen. It should just happen the way it happens. And it should be perfect. And Meryl Streep. And yes. Like, no. There are a million reasons someone could not want to have a kid. And if someone does choose to have a kid, there are a million ways it could go quote unquote wrong mm-hmm. um, in terms of how she is perceived in her body and her face after that. Like, it's a it's a major medical fucking thing having a baby and it impacts your body in so many ways. And it's like you can I guess you can quietly tend to that but don't let anyone know no 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 hush hush woman just stay hot <laughs> have babies and stay hot like yeah what Get hot means is very narrow <laughs> so narrow i um have like susan sontags wrote about the double standard of aging in the 70s talking about it as an instrument of oppression and it's the social convention aging enhances a man but progressively destroys a woman and anyway it was it it is a really interesting and she's such a great writer obviously like hot take susan sontag um but she said for a woman to be obliged to state her age after quote a certain age is always a miniature ordeal and i just thought and i I think the idea of thinking about basically aging throughout your whole life as a miniature ordeal, like a a process that is always a process and it's always, you're always triangulating and that requires money and deftness and social situations and tact or lack thereof and uh, empathy and uh, navigating femininity, (laughs) navigating, um, it just, it's, Ah, damn. It's a uh, takes a lot of resources, like you were um, referring to earlier. And in one of the studies I looked at, they found that aging working class women are less confident about appearances than upper class women. And they posited that that had to do with the lack of access to the resources that make one more conventionally attractive, you know, to whether it's a gym membership or healthy foods or fillers or Botox or surgeries or whatever or expensive clothing, you know, that fits you, or getting clothing tailored, like all of these things, manicures, pedicures, hair, makeup, fit, skincare, <laughs> like there's, there's no, there's shapewear, shapewear, like all of this shit is so expensive, and it adds up, and it's not, yeah, it's, it's difficult to access financially, um, like a lot of plastic surgery offices and places that do fillers and Botox and stuff have like payment plans or credit cards you can take out and things like that um, because it's just the the desire is so pervasive um, because that uh, the fact that society across pretty much across the board says like mm, your value is going to go down over time if you don't quote unquote fix that face and that body and <laughs> keep it tight keep it tight you know god oh uh, and the class element is heartbreaking too right like you said mm-hmm. and you directed me to this in the journal of aging studies that the study about from double to triple standards and the triple standard being essentially class uh which is an interesting way to think about okay we have double standards and then yeah categorizing class as a triple standard was was really illuminating I think um your economic situation defines your access to absolutely everything in the world and of course it is no surprise that without money you can't be making changes to your body in the same way you can't um you don't have the flexibility or like god for the sadness of like you have a certain pool of resources you you put them towards something and it either doesn't work out or you can't maintain it or it's just heartbreaking it makes sense that women of a higher economic background are more confident about about themselves as they age and they just know that they have the resources and 
I mean, it even people who say like, well, I'm, you know, it, it, even naturally occurring, quote unquote, beauty or doing things like taking supplements, collagen, probiotics, prebiotics, bleh, um, you know, all the different like eating like an alternative flour, <laughs> like, you know, every every decision like that, an alternative oils, like it is more expensive to make those choices. Like it's not just about like organic. It's it's about all of these different ways that women can say that they're they're getting healthier because of what they're eating. You are what you eat. It's like, yeah, but eating actually eating healthfully is also expensive, you know? So even when we're not talking about like, you know, intervention, surgical interventions or or Botox or fillers, if you're even turning yourself to the natural world of like food and like what you're putting in your body, it is expensive to be healthy at the level that I think a lot of people would need to be to feel like, oh, you know, my skin cleared because I stopped eating X or I took this out of my diet. It's not just, nothing is as simple as cutting one thing out and replacing it with another if you don't have the resources. Yeah, exactly. And even like figuring out what that thing is. And yeah. yeah, like you mentioned collagen, expensive yeah. shit, supplements, skincare. Holy fucking shit. Like Ooh. I I have dabbled <laughs> and like if you want a quote unquote like a full skincare regime, that's like seven products morning and evening. And some of them are very expensive. It's like toners and serums and creams and exfoliants and face washes and and i was looking up because i have um i do ipsy which is like they send you little like product samples every other month of skincare and makeup and shit because i'm vain as fuck (laughs) (laughs) apparently um no just you know it's just adorable vague just adorable about um but i had two like i have two different toners um which like mo- like I use them as moisture because I have dry skin, um, and I was googling. Oh, can you use two toners? And someone's like, you can layer as many as seven toners. Oh my! Of and toners course. are just one step in the skincare process. So if you're doing seven toners, that means you got like twenty fucking things. How much time that takes? Who can afford the two cost? toners? Yeah, the cost financially as well as just the cost in time. So that's the other thing. If you're getting like if you get your hair done, it costs so much money and it costs so much time all these things cost money and time so for somebody who's working full-time and not making a ton of money or working multiple jobs working overtime and still not like you don't Mm -hmm. you need to have access to so much to be able to afford um all of these fucking things you need yeah to look like a nat to look like it's natural right right spend all your money and all your time to look natural it's like, what does that even mean at this point like natural is what out in the woods without any you know I don't oh my uh, god windswept <laughs> like oh my gosh like how much like you can go on YouTube to find like natural makeup tutorials that take like an hour and 40 products you know <laughs> look like you're not wearing any makeup it's gonna cost you four hundred dollars four hundred dollars and your sanity and in some of these tutorials as they're like applying makeup it's like you it looks it's literally looks like it's painted on mm-hmm. and like when they put those lines like full line swatches of things and they're like and then we blend and <laughs> then we like mm. it's just it's it is certainly makeup is a place where I'm so overwhelmed I get anxious in Sephora I you know and um I'm sure I've told this story before but going in I just there's like a black eye pencil that I use and like, oh my God, it's a simple black eye pencil. And I buy it, I've bought it since for maybe 10 years and I couldn't find it. I was worried it was discontinued, went to Sephora, asked for the eye pencil. They were like, we don't carry it. And then I said, okay, well, do you, like, what's the closest basically like eye pencil, black eye pencil that you have for, you know, for my eyeshadow. And, uh, the woman was like, we just don't have, we don't have any of those. And I was like, you don't? She was like, because the trend's over. (laughs) And I like, I was just like, oh, I mean, I wish I could make that up. I was sort of like a, like an eyeshadow that basically is the most benign thing. It's like this woman has like blue, she's like, her eyes have like blue 
tint to them, you know, and there's like a whole color palette happening on her face. And I'm just like, that is a trend. Like I'm trying to just do like the basic beauty standard that I feel like would have been kind of the same thing in like Victorian England. Like (laughs) (laughs) classic. It's not trend. Like, come on anyway. And, but it's women making women feel bad about whatever their choices are. And that's really easy to do too. When you're in a Sephora or something like that, where you're just like, you know, I think a lot of the women there are super helpful and really nice and friendly. And they do try to like help people like me, you know, last time I was there, it was sort of like, I just don't know, like what, what order are you supposed to put these things on? Like, and are you going to be able to tell if I skip one or do I really? And the, the person was really nice. She, she was like, you can put them on in whatever order you want and you can do this however you want. Like it's really about what makes you feel comfortable. I know that it seems like there's an order, but you could do this here or that here. I think that was meant to be freeing, but it was actually for me more stressful. Um, Give me directions. I need directions. (laughs) Then I will follow those. It's really a rabbit hole. It absolutely is. And sort of what I was saying earlier, which I feel like is like a summation of my thoughts is like on this which I'm sure will evolve over the years um (laughs) it's like different people are empowered by different things some women are empowered by shaving some women are empowered by letting shit grow out um whether it's like outfits you choose or makeup you wear choosing to get quote-unquote work done or not choosing to spend the money that you have on collagen or not like trying to figure out what's rooted in the male gaze, what's rooted in society's expectations, what's not, what's okay, what's not okay. Like I, my head hurts. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Realistically, we're all shaped by society in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I feel like life is short. <laughs> makes you feel good if it doesn't hurt anybody else. If it's not like some compulsion that's that your therapist would say is like not a healthy thing Mm -hmm. go for it you know because it's like we all have our shit Mm because it's like and maybe if you don't wear any makeup and you don't care what clothes you wear and whatever but then you're judging people who do that what like that's not cool either just do your own fucking thing yeah express yourself how you want to you know look you know talk to yourself about why you're doing what you're doing but like fuck we're all gonna die earth's (laughs) on fire (laughs) yeah yeah supreme court is lizard people like if you want to stab your face stab your face if you want to buy that lipstick buy that lipstick whatever yeah yeah amen to that it's um and i think sometimes that's that's the healthiest way to look at it is like you know what within reason is this gonna make me feel better about myself and more confident then just do it you know yeah if we're you all... can afford it, which is another fucking thing. Yeah. If you can afford it. Yeah. We're all, um, I think, even more selfish than we think we are. So it's like, even if you think people are going to notice, they're not going to notice for long. Like, it's just going to be one thing and then it passes. And that is even if they notice. Because I think, I think sometimes, too, we're, like, so obsessed with one thing, thinking everyone's noticing or looking. Mm-hmm. or And people don't notice, you know? Yeah. It's like there's so much there's so many things about ourselves and about the world going on. And then based on like your experiences and your personality and who you are, you hyper-focus on certain things and they become huge to you. But from other people's perspective, it's all weighted the same. And so it's like, maybe you hate part of your face, but maybe someone else loves a different part of your face and that's what they focus on. Like we don't fucking know, but at the same time, we all have shit we don't like about ourselves and you can either try to like it, which sounds healthy and great or Mm -hmm. stab your face. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Anything else on this uh, delightful topic before we? Nope. Mm-hmm. We are older than we were when we started it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the direction we're moving. But hey, at least we're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. And we're cute. And we're cute. <laughs> <laughs> and now for We See You. All right. This first one I stumbled upon. Um, I get it. I think we all go down rabbit holes and we don't really know where they start. But I was looking up Genghis Khan um, the other <laughs> evening. <laughs> and I was reading, because um, there's the, you know, that thing about how so, so, so many people are related to Genghis Khan and my 23andMe, like 
there's a little Mongolian. I'm like, am I related to Genghis Khan? Anywho, <laughs> I was I pulled up this article from the Guardian, and the thing about Genghis Khan is that he raped a ton of women. Mm. Like that's why his genetic like he's so pervasive in people's genetic material is when his you know soldiers would capture a town he would make them quote-unquote save the most attractive to him woman for him to rape and impregnate and it's terrible and this article speaks to that um and the the title of the article and this is why i'm we seeing the guardian is we owe it all to super stud genghis (gasps) no yes at the guardian the guardian this is from 2003 um robin mckee science editor whoa yeah super stud i was like are you and then i read i'm like maybe this article is like focused maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong here because this is insane to me and then i read it and no literally refers to his merciless conquests oh my god yeah and they refer to him as a warlord and also in the title a super stud I just was flabbergasted when I saw that. It's like save this for the notes. This is a WCU. My what? What? No one. One they chose to do that, and no one in the course of time was like, maybe we shouldn't refer to Genghis Khan as a super stud when we're explicitly referring to his repeated rape, his prolific rape. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's. Awful, awful, no. awful. See you to the Guardian for that glaring oversight. That Ooh. is terrible. Um, super stud. Super stud. Genghis Khan. That also just made me think of, like, in relation to what we just talked about, like, beauty standards. <laughs> and, you know, just how, how actually how dangerous over time it, it has been to be, like, conventionally attractive because you know men will just rape you or sexually assault you you're seen as like everyone's property um you know so anyway just no matter how you look yeah you just you're 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 in trouble one way or another as a woman yeah uh all right this um speaking of being in trouble as a woman um just saw a uh news yesterday of um a lawsuit that's coming up um, because female inmates uh, allege that they were raped while male detainees bribed um, a prison guard. And these uh, female inmates in Clark County, um, in Clark County, Indiana are filing a lawsuit against Clark County and um, some of their former officers. There have been multiple lawsuits following this incident, with 20 women joining the suit. They claim that on October 23, 2021, jail officer David Lowe gave two male detainees keys to the interior of the jail in exchange for $1,000. And so that night, um, two male detainees and other male inmates went into the restricted areas that housed women and used the keys to rape, assault, harass, threaten, and intimidate the plaintiffs, these women, for several hours, resulting in physical and emotional injuries. Um, So that's what the lawsuit alleges, and um, they also threatened further harm if the women told anyone or pressed the emergency call button, Um, and apparently no jail officers came to their aid throughout the night, despite assaults being viewable on surveillance video. Um... This is in um, Clark County, which is two miles north of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and after the incident, one of the um, one of the officers was fired and charged with trafficking an inmate, aiding escape, and official misconduct. All of those sound very bad, but this seems like something where I really um, it, it feels I'm already kind of scared, and it's very unsettling to me the way we allow like this sort of behavior and the kind of what seems to be just traditional what an understanding of what a prison is in the United States is like so inhumane and appalling to me and I actually heard like I think there was on Slate Culture Gab Fest had a question to their viewers and they were answering a question about 
what scenes in movies make you like really uncomfortable no matter what the movie is and someone said like I hate circus scenes someone else said I hate scenes where people are like dealing with raw meat or something and I was like I hate scenes in movies that are in prisons I just don't like it it makes me very sad and it feels like I, I, I cannot understand even even as I understand more and more of the world I don't understand why there's an under there's a convention of cruelty and of corruption and inhumanity at prisons and that is understood to be the truth universally acknowledged about prisons anyway so we see you um, to Clark, the Clark County Jail, and David Lowe specifically, and to everyone who um, allowed this to happen, um, the least powerful people. So I hope justice comes for them. We see you. We see you. Moving over to Sunrise, Florida. Um, <laughs> Florida. Oh, Florida. You know. What's happening? Uh, so Sergeant, hopefully to be uh, former Sergeant Christopher Police had a suspect handcuffed um, in the back of police car and Sergeant Christopher um, approached the suspect with a can of pepper spray in one hand and said, and look, yelled, look at me. Um, and the suspect said, if you're going to mace me, mace me. And then the Sergeant said that he would remove their soul from his, from their body. And then a female officer walked up behind Sergeant Police, grabbed his belt, and pulled him back because he just threatened to remove the soul from a suspect who was handcuffed. <sighs> so I'm like, okay, yeah, I can understand why that would happen. And then the sergeant turned around, grabbed her by the throat, and pushed her into a police car. And then he walked over to another officer and told them to turn off their body cams. <sighs> this was all on video. Wow. So obviously this is a WCU to Sergeant Christopher Police, who is not only being wildly inappropriate and threatening and abusing the badge with the suspect who was handcuffed in the car, but when you had the female officer who he grabbed by the throat, yeah. which is another, <laughs> you can see why someone might, why, you know, when you have a bad apple, aka an awful orchard, of comps and there's a someone who has good intentions it's not safe <laughs> right you know um so we see you because this was kind of a fucking double whammy and yeah. the sergeant since then is not working and is awaiting trial um but my god oh my gosh that's yeah we see you it's awful Ugh, my next we see you is to Hulu, which is backed by Disney, um, because they have been refusing to run political ads on um, different central themes of the Democratic midterm campaigns, including um, support for the right to choose abortion and guns. The streaming service has a policy against running content deemed controversial and, like other digital providers, is not being bound by the Communications Act of 1934, which requires broadcast television networks to provide politicians equal access to the airwaves. This is from Washington Post yesterday or the day before, and it just feels like it's a frustrating thing. Um, they could easily get on the right side of history here. The midterms are important. Progressive institutions want to pay to run ads on Hulu. This is a really effective way to get people thinking about what actually their vote will go towards in the midterms. And it just seems like a pathetic cop out to just not run any ads that are, quote, controversial. I mean, what is what are you left with at this point? Campbell Soup or something like get in the game here. Um, di you know, Disney is already kind of sketchy in terms of where their money goes and where they're their politics actually lie. I always expect better from these streaming giants, which owe a lot of their success to progressive values. The content that they have has so much um, progressive values in there, um, and they wouldn't be successful without um, everyone who votes Democrat. Really, I mean, a lot of their a lot of their content promotes progressive values, so it's kind of a no-brainer that you would allow ads to be run for the midterms there. Not even really, but yeah, when there's so much on the line. So anyway, just we see you to Hulu for being sort of cowardly little spineless 
biches. Yeah, we see you. Just fucking step up. Yeah. Have, take a stand. Yeah. Where things are too too on fire not to at this point. Mm-hmm. All right. Ohio Republican Senate candidate J.D. Vance. Oh. He's done some annoying, <laughs> shitty things in the past, but on Monday... He was at Pacifica Christian High School in Southern California, and he was talking about how people should, like, stick it out in marriages, um, which, like, is annoying. But (laughs) he got into the fact, even if it's unhappy, and maybe even if it's violent, maybe even violent, (sighs) stick it out for the kid's sake. And he said, this is one of the great tricks that I think the sexual revolution pulled on the American populace, which is the idea that like, well, okay, these marriages were fundamentally, you know, maybe they were violent, but certainly unhappy. And so getting rid of them, making it easier for people to shift spouses, like they change their underwear. You know, that's not going to make people happier. Um, People should leave violent marriages. It's not better for the kids to stay Mm -hmm. in a violent marriage. Actually, it's worse for the kids to be exposed to violence. And that's one of the main predictors of kids who grow up to be violent is mm-hmm. being exposed to it when they're kids. Um, and as far as unhappy marriages go, kids pick up on shit and are better off when their parents separate than when their parents stay in a wildly unhappy relationship. Because again, kids pick up on things and it impacts them for the rest of their lives. So mm-hmm. not shocked that a Republican is saying something rooted in just factual inaccuracies as well as a lack of empathy but mm-hmm. here we are again Ohio JD Vance shut the fuck up we see you we see Bye. you oh, man. I really hope he doesn't win Ugh. he's so awful he's awful he's awful it seems like he just gets more and more awful every time he opens his mouth he's just I've never worse. heard him say something and think all right well that's not too bad right so again stop stop talking stop talking Ugh. All right, so uh, Coachella's parent company is donating major cash to an anti-abortion political organization. Um, so yeah, this is a we see you to um, Anschutz Corporation, a holding company that owns um, live music giant AEG Presents, um, which is the parent company of several several major music festivals, including Coachella. Um, they made a $75,000 donation, um, to, uh, an anti-abortion, um, fund, uh, and this is, uh, I don't know, I think it's just basically fucked up, um, kind of similarly to the, um, to my last we see you with Hulu, it's, it's where the money goes. Um, and these are, I mean, music festivals, again, like generally pretty progressive, um, youth driven. That's where your, that your success is found in youth, in the youth, um, and like younger demographics who are more progressive generally. So you're raking in the money from young people and you benefit from progressive content, um, that your platform, but then what you're secretly doing um, on the back end is using that money to fund anti-abortion corporations to stay out of the fight, not to take a stand and to actively undermine, you know, democratic institutions and, um, progressive policies. Um, so I just, it's very frustrating, especially as we approach the midterms to see where people's money are flowing. Um, so this is just a, um, you know, we see you, to them um and uh i want people to think about as we get into the midterms and as we think about we more increasing anti-abortion laws that are popping up and the the fight to have a or the push to have a federal ban i mean like guys we're gonna blink and it's gonna happen um and it's because we're we're not gonna because we aren't calling out or putting enough attention on parent corporations with all the money and the strings um, that are secretly or not so secretly, pretty boldly giving huge donations to these causes that we find abhorrent. So we see you. We see you. Um, good 
thing. Yeah. The number of independent bookstores is at its highest in years with more diverse owners than ever. Um, which might seem like a little thing, but it, it is significant. And I was happy to see that show up on my little feedy feed. Yeah, that is, that's a good thing. I think I'm so glad you brought that up because that, I remember seeing that and being like, yay, I don't really mm-hmm. understand that, but yay. Yeah, um, I don't know how that's happening, but sure, yes. <laughs> we love it. And um, I also thought a good thing, I think we've talked about this or when it, when it was maybe going to happen, but um, in LA, the Bruce's um, now own Bruce's Beach again. It's a, it's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Like the, the land was taken away from this black family, um, I believe in the twenties, um, didn't fully prep for this good thing, but I do feel like it's really an important precedent to basically say like the land was stolen. Um, and now, and it's beachfront property and, um, the government returned the land to the descendants of that family. Mm -hmm. And so it's like found it's, it's, it's reclaimed wealth, um, for them to do what they would like with. And that's, that's a positive thing. So, yeah, that's near where I grew up. That's the town that Graham or our friend Graham's from. Oh, awesome. That's a beautiful area. That's a beautiful area. Yeah. So happy to, happy to hear about Bruce's beach. I'm glad you brought that up. Ah, awesome. Uh, that about wraps it up for us. Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.